Hey, Bradley Charbonneau here. Welcome, Welcome to the Every Single Day Podcast. podcast. I'm Bradley Charbonneau. 86. There are not too Today many words Wu. that I and take I've got to say, I think she's onto something. Seriously, so, then. You know, there's all there's podcasts meditate, about make more money, create, and success, and, and play. Whatever. And I get With it. Louise I get it. Wu, we need those things. We, we talk about money. I get it. It's, it's, and it's one of the things. things but people often ask me, how do I keep going? How is every single I consider a higher level. I even call it. No, really. talk about it. I call it enlightenment. I the ever and I, and I realize like that it's really a huge word and, and scary how, and intimidating. How you're like, do you oh, keep going? I need to be on a, a mountaintop and in Nepal or it, whatever. A lot of it is play. But I mean, it, it is the, Louise the, is gonna the trio of them. Get us meditating, there. create, and play. More quick. Play is a big part of it. Play sort of the goal as well. Play is still a higher and level. She just you know, has creating can be done in a lower level. And then meditating, you can force. I mean, you can force both sort of creating and meditating. I think play is something sort of. Joy kind of and happiness if I sort of dare get there. use such big words. So and I dare do listen use in such big as words. Louise and I this is the repossible podcast. Talk about after play all. and the it's important that, you know, financial and freedom in five days. She has some, some techniques as to how to get there, how to get more play bigger, into your life. In fact, she stronger, has a, a download better, with seven important, easy deeper, ways to bring more things. play into and your life. And that's why I think Louise can find is it so on target here. Dot with what she's after. I mean, her podcast is called The Recess Life. for those of you who don't know what recess is, in the United States anyway, louise.repossible.com. Go grab your copy of Seven Ways to Get More Play Into Your Life. It's this free time. And listen in as we talk about this light stuff. Go play kickball. As a kid, some people might think, oh, that's so for kids, Mike. That's well, what she's kind of saying. Go yeah. out and play kickball. <laughs> it is. So it's hey, she also has a free kid. download for us. So at the, uh, I, I don't know. I'll at some point, I call it in the show notes. But if you go to louise.repossible.com, enjoy this week's every single day. This is one of the big secrets as you can get her download. Keep this up. Seven ways to bring play games to your life. She mentioned mentions a few of them in our talk. But I can't wait to see the other uh, play, the other five or six, um, because it's just so important. I can't stress it enough. I mean, I think she's just so on it here, and I'm so happy to have her. And I will stop blabbing now and let you. Okay, we're on. And I had to record here, Louise, because we were just talking before I hit record, and you were just diving into such good stuff that I said, "Okay, I have to hit record." (laughs) (laughs) So I have Louise Wu on the phone. And she has a podcast called The Recess Life. And can, can you explain recess to people? Because I'm not in the United States anymore. And can you explain recess to people sure. who might not know what recess and, and feel free to do an introduction because I just jumped in here and I realized I just hit record without giving any kind of introduction. But yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't stop because you were saying such cool stuff that we will get into. But I'm like, sure. wow, I don't want to miss this. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Bradley, and I'm so glad to be chatting with you today. Um, like, I, like we talked about before, you hit record. It's so nice to always get to connect with you. Um, in person, of course, is always better, but I'll, I'll settle for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, recess traditionally is the activity that happens um, during school, when kids are in school, in between the learning, in between um, the, the learning lessons, in between um, when the teacher stands up in front of the class and tells you um, what you're supposed to be learning that day. And yeah. then in between, um, there's recess. And that's when kids go out in the playground and they play with each other. And um, it's an interesting concept to me because I think looking at our life as 
a lifelong recess is really exciting to me and not just only set aside for certain times um, in our lives and only certain times in the day. So that's why I call, um, that's why I named the podcast The Recess Life. So you just said, well, you just said something a little daring there. You said we could have recess like all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how, well, how, how does that work? I mean, sure, I'm sure I'm, I'll raise my hand and say, I want, I want recess all the time. I want playtime all the time. <laughs> but like the devil's advocate in me is going to say, well, wait a minute here. We need to have some like serious work and it needs to be difficult and a struggle. And I don't know, I probably got to work harder and I've got to earn my <laughs> recess. To play hard, work hard. Right? right? Absolutely. And I think that's definitely a message that is very strong in our culture and our society that yeah. recess is is frivolous, number one, and that we have to earn it and that there are more productive things we can be doing. But I'd like to argue that if we can, if we can incorporate recess and play into our life on a regular basis in everything we do, we actually will, will do everything else in life better. And that's the conversation I really want to have around why one, why do we look at life that way? And why is recess and play so separate from our life? And, yeah. and how can we bring it more into our life? And what are the benefits of it? So kids do it. Like I've listened to some of your shows and you've had these super duper experts on, you have like PhDs in play or something. <laughs> and a lot, like one recently was talking about kids. So yeah. kids have no problem with play. I mean, the younger they are, probably the more they they play. And I don't, I think at some age, they probably don't even know anything but play. But then, so what happens? Why, why do we stop playing? What do you know, like the mm -hmm. process there, like from kids to adult or why do we get so serious? Yeah. I think it's a number of different things. And I'll just speak from my experience personally. Um, so I grew up um, in, I, I grew up in the States. And I come from a first-generation family. My parents are immigrants from China. And mm -hmm. just the nature of how they got to this country and the way I was raised, there was really an emphasis on succeeding in life and yeah. to create stability for ourselves because that was challenging for them, just being immigrants. And so it was very much emphasized that we needed to grow up, get a good job, and be serious and that that was the message that we had as we were growing up and it was also very reinforced in school in school it's very much you you are trying to to get a certain grade in order to move on to the next level and there's a right way to get to that grade and it didn't really leave room for or exploration and play was definitely not a part of that equation. Yeah. And I was very playful in nature. I remember growing up, um, my mom always talks about how I would just, I had so much energy as a child. I would <laughs> run around the house. I would jump on our couches. I broke one of our couches once because I was <laughs> jumping up and down on it. And like, they didn't know what to do with me. And I loved to sing. I would just sing around the house at the top of my lungs when I was a kid. And um, I loved to dance. Um, I wasn't able to take dance lessons growing up, but I loved to dance and move. And it, so it was very much in my nature, but it felt really in conflict with all the messages mm. around me, around 
I need to eventually grow out of this and, and join the rest of society and, and yeah. be an adult and be serious. And, you know, I think that was very much, um, I, I absorbed that, I think, just like anyone else does when messages around you are so strong. So I think, at least for me, that was, that was why I sort of lost my playful nature um, as I grew up for a while. But then, but then you lost, okay, you lost your playful nature, but then at some point, I mean, recently you then decided to get that playful nature back and you decided to start this podcast. I mean, so were you just playfully, happily, joyfully walking through the dandelion patch and you decided, I'm going to make a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. It was, it was a long journey and I think I, I had to experience a lot of that, a lot of, of questioning and a lot of self-doubt before I got here. You know, I, I mm. did the thing of getting, getting a full-time job and, yeah. and I, I remember just sitting in my job every day just thinking, is this, is this what life is about? Is this yeah. what we're all working so hard to do is just get an office job and every day is the same thing. And, and that's it. And um, I, I felt very confused. I, I, I didn't understand why, what all that work was for to just live a life that was very, you know, mundane, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I had at that point um, dabbled in, in a couple creative things. I actually, because I was never able to take dance um, growing up as a child, I, I, incorporated dance classes into my elective classes in college because you have to take a certain amount of electives in college. And I thought, okay, well, I might as well um, take dance because I I have to take a class anyway. And that was my first experience really with dance, not until I was an adult. Um, But then once I graduated college, I didn't know what to do. Again, I was like, okay, how do I engage this creative nature if I and I, I don't know what I felt very lost. Yeah. So it was a journey. I, I started just trying a bunch of different things um, because I was able to be on my own now. I, I started taking dance classes as an adult. Um, I moved to San Francisco and started taking dance classes. And I stumbled through a lot of dance classes very, very clumsily. Um, there were people that had been dancing in since they were you know a child and i had only started as an adult um i started um so even though you're in dance you're not let at not yet at the level of play you're you're, right okay Mm -hmm. yeah there was very much a well i well and that that was a a mental block i had to get over around well I'm never going to be as good as anyone in this class in the classes mm. I take. So should I even start? And it was very, it was very challenging to get over that block. And um, I remember one day when I was before I had even started taking these dance classes and I was, and I was still ruminating over that, that block. Um, I was playing a game with my, with some friends in San Francisco and there was, it was a game where we were playing where we had to draw cards and answer questions that were on the cards. And one of the questions was, if you only had a year to live, um, what would you do with your time? And without even thinking, I said, oh, I would take, I would take dance classes every week. Wow. And I had friends look at me and go, well, why aren't you doing that now? 
And mm. it was just this moment of why am I not doing that now? Wow. And so I, I started taking dance classes um, very clumsily. And that was about 10 years ago. And I'm still not great. And I'm still not perfect in my classes by any means, but it, I, it brings me such joy now. And it started me on this path, I would say, of just opening myself up to, to experiences and to seeing um, play more around me and opportunities for play around me. Wow. And so it's been, I would, I will say just the journey that it's taken me on. It's opened me up to um, connections and relationships. It's opened me up to um, better relationships in my work, um, better, just a better way of being. And yeah. I started incorporating it into some very, very fun, interesting ways in my life. I started um, having all my birthday parties are play-based. Um, wow. I've done everything from going to a trampoline gym and telling all my friends that we're just going to come and jump on trampolines for an hour and a half. Um, I, I did a murder mystery type birthday party no um, a couple years ago. And um, so just incorporating it in, in, uh, in a, in a little bit in each, in, in little ways in my life. And wow. it's opened me up to so much that it, it, because of that, I had just started having more conversations with people about play and what brings them joy and what, what creatively stirs their soul. And so that really just brought me to the podcast, but I will say it's been a, you know, a long journey to get here. I definitely would yeah. not walk through daffodils one day and decide to start a podcast, <laughs> but it's, it's a conversation I want to have more of. It's, it's changed my life in so many ways. And I, I hope that, you know, others will come along for the ride. You know, you said something, I think really important. You said you've been doing dance lessons for 10 years, but you're still not perfect. So many people might say, well, you're not perfect yet. So you don't have the right to call that play. It's still work until you're perfect or something. Mm. I have a chapter in one of my books called practice is perfect. Because I, I try I to turn that. it around. Right. And because I think it sounds like you have elevated to the point where you it's okay if you're not perfect and i mean perfection is kind of a myth anyway but right. you are now can you now do you believe you are playing when you're dancing are you at that level when you're dancing mm -hmm. so it is and that's what is really great about putting yourself in situations where you where you may or may not where you have the opportunity to decide, are you going to play or are you going to make this about perfection? And wow. that's, what I, that's what I love about this practice. And I love that you, you use that phrase, practice is perfect. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so profound. <laughs> yeah, when, you're, when you are putting yourself in a situation where you may not be perfect, you have the opportunity to, to mindfully decide what do I want to make this about? And okay, but I, I'm going to interrupt you again because you just said you can decide. So, mm -hmm. is it our choice Absolutely. whether or not we we say you just said I'm going to make this, you know, oh, I strive towards perfection, or I'm going to play? So, do we have a say in the matter? Is it like a mindset? We do. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely. So we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait for the daffodil patch. <laughs> that arrives in our life magically with pixie dust. 
No, no, it's always a choice. And it's, it's always going to be a practice in that, in choosing that. And there's some days where, where it's going to be hard to choose that. But, but to put yourself in that place where you always have that opportunity to practice that, I think is one of the, one of the best things you can do for yourself as a human for yourself. So absolutely. And there are days definitely when, um, so in a lot of my dance classes, we will get split up into smaller groups after we learn the routine. And in those smaller groups, we have to dance it in front of everyone else. And there are days still where all of a sudden my mind freezes and I will, I will stumble through the dance and I'll have done it just fine throughout the whole (laughs) class. And then I have to get in front of everyone and it's, and it's so much harder and having to practice um, that compassion on myself and is, is a practice a hundred percent. And, and funnily enough, when I, when I approach any, when I approach dancing in a small group and I approach it more as play, I actually Mm. end up performing the routine better. And if I was like, okay, now I'm in front of everyone and I have to do it perfectly. And oh my gosh, everyone's watching me. I, I, I end up doing worse, but if I approach it as play and as, as lightly and, and carefree as I can, I actually end up doing better. So, now, so what an opportunity. I think that is so profound because I think that's one of our biggest struggles is, and, and it's the typical try harder, try harder, try harder. And it, it's just not working. Or it's sort of the conscious and the subconscious, like you're at the ATM at the bank teller machine thing, and you can't remember your pin code <laughs> and you're trying your heart. You're trying, I know, I know what it is. No, I know what it is. Oh, let me try again. Um, I, no, no, just a sec. Let me look behind you and there's people behind you. There's a line forming. Like, I know it. <laughs> I, I got to know this thing. Come on, just give me a sec. <sighs> think harder, think harder, think harder. And you're like, I don't know it. I don't know it. You walk away. And two steps away, there, you know, a bird flies by, a car zooms by, whatever. And you're like, oh, I know what it is. And I think that's similar to the try harder, try harder, try harder. And, oh, now I have all the people in front of me. Now it's even more important. Now I need to do my absolute best. And in your mind, it's just so busy with all these other factors. Whereas, like, the secret is sort of this. I mean, when you were talking, I almost thought of the word this is a pretty big word, but enlightenment. Mm. And I see, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of how I I really hold the word play is one reason I really wanted to talk with you because I hold this word play really high. Mm. It's, it's right up there with enlightenment. In fact, it could be, in, in my opinion, it kind of could be enlightenment. That's why it's, I have like a nine book series and I have one of the books is called play. And it's way up there. It's far down the path of you know, other books. I mean, I have one book called Decide. I mean, how f- that doesn't sound like fun at all, right? Oh, decide, decision-making. Oh, terrible. But play, that's ooh, it's sort of intriguing. Yeah. But do, do you see it like that? Is it some kind of, is it like a mindset or a level of mind or... How do you see it like for adults? Because the kids, they don't even think about it. They just, they just live it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, gosh. Enlightenment. That sounds so serious to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, and I, and I hope enlightenment. Yeah, you're right. It does sound kind of serious. And like, oh, I have to you know, be a monk and study in like Nepal for nine years and sit on a mountaintop. Yeah. But 
Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I've heard like those monks and those, you know, serious dudes who are up there on the top of the mountain. I've heard they're pretty funny. I can hear they're like, they joke and they're silly. And oh, I could believe that, which is yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> it's funny because um, one of my guests that I had on my podcast, um, Adam Rosendahl, he runs a company called Late Night Art, where they take um, a creative art based experience into companies to teach. Um, teams a better um, connection using the arts and they bring in art supplies and paper and um, prompts and questions for people to draw and it's very facilitated it's beautiful Uh, but we had a conversation during our conversation he talked about just how certain there are certain leaders out there that you they they just walk into a room and you are just blown away by their light and they are also the leaders that are he used the the term on the edge of laughter and Mm. i and that was so interesting to me because he was talking um so the examples that we could think of were like the dalai lama um desmond tutu and these are people that are profoundly um deep people that have changed the world that have just a depth of knowledge about about um, issues in this world and and the things that are that are ailing our society, but they have such a lightness and a playfulness to them, in a way that you're like, how can you, how can you be like this, knowing everything that you know and seeing seeing everything that you've seen, and um, in some ways, yeah, I, I I look at them and I say, you are absolutely enlightened, and yeah. you are, but you're also equally playful, also. So yeah, I I think there is there is something to that around how can we achieve this level of um of openness and and depth like lightness yes and at the well, same it's interesting time you say lightness. Depth, like, depth like and de- lightness yeah ooh, ooh depth and lightness ooh, yeah together that? yes and, oh wow yeah <laughs> sounds like so contradictory right but it does it does. And I'd like to it. think that play can be, a, it is and can be a, a way we can achieve that. So, yeah, I think there's something to that, oh, you know. Depth and lightness together through play. Wow. <laughs> I, I think I see a subtitle for a future book of yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> hey, wow. Hey, you've interviewed all these, these, all, it seems like all ranges of people. What, what's been something, what what sticks out? Like what comes to mind as like, ooh, that was interesting, or ooh, I didn't know that. Anything come to mind like that that kind of you mm. think? It's been so. It's been such a joy so far, and everyone has been. I'm I'm just so blown away by these people. Gosh, it's everything from as simple as, um. One of my guests from this past season, of the season that I'm working on right now, um, his name's Andrew Evans, and he's a magician. And Ooh. he started doing magic shows out of his backyard in San Francisco. And oh, wow. they, he grew such a following, and they would sell out so quickly. And wow. he's doing shows so frequently that he eventually had to take them out of his backyard because he was starting to get in trouble with the city of San Francisco <laughs> and ended up opening wow. up a space. Yeah. in um, ended up finding an old Metro PCS store um, and turning it into a theater. 
and what? now runs his shows out of there. He's starting, to, he's the, the front entrance of the theater is going to be a candy shop that people can visit during the day. And <laughs> he's, he's absolutely wonderful. And just talking to him about his, how he became this way. I said, how, how or have you always been this whimsical? And he would just talk about how, when he was a kid, he just was always obsessed with the funniest things. He, he was obsessed with Mount St. Helens for a little bit of time and snakes and car washes. He loved the car washes that you drive through where the wispy blue brushes are hitting your cars. He was fascinated by that. And his parents were so encouraging of that. And they even, um, uh, stopped. They, they even got the car wash operator to stop the car wash operation so that they could like walk around and look at it. And, um, and so his parents wow. were always so, so encouraging of that. And um, he never, he was never made to feel s too silly or, or, mm. oh, eventually you'll grow out of this and you should grow out of this. And now he's running a, a, a theater where he performs his magic shows out of. And he's also a magic consultant for um, the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play that's what? playing in San Francisco right now. Yeah. And so I just look at people like that. And I'm also one, I think it just reinforces this idea that if you, if you keep a spirit of play in your life um, and that it's encouraged. So if you're a parent, you know, encourage your child to be playful and to, to pursue their passions because you don't know where it's going to end up. And it, it may be wilder than your imagination that you had. Yeah. So I look at that and I, and that inspires me. Um, and yeah, and then getting to talk to people that actually have a really strong academic knowledge around playing creativity and its benefits. Um, I just had a conversation with um, a gentleman who's based out of England and his episode's not out yet, but he was a dancer um, growing up, but was never, and he loved dance growing up, but was not good at school. He couldn't read until he was in his 20s. And, um, and it wasn't until he really started studying the benefits of dance and creativity on the brain that he really saw, okay, I learned to dance. I learned to dance because I was, I learned to be creative because he was a dancer and he was only able to teach himself to read once he started incorporating um, some of his, of his mindset that he had around, da around dance. And he was able to, to learn how to read in his 20s because of that and ended up getting um, a PhD in psychology and now has a, a, a lab where they study how dance can affect the brain and is all this research coming out wow. about how dance can um, help people with Parkinson's and wow. all these health benefits. And so it's just really reinforcing um, my hypothesis around playing creativity yeah. being important as a lifelong practice, everything from um, the personal side of things all the way to how it can really change the world, I think. So I'm, that's what I'm learning. So well, I, I'm with you on the change the world thing because that's, you know, and of course you and I probably don't dare to say, oh, I'm going to change the world. But still, I think we change the world like one person at a time. And, mm -hmm. and like right now with my Spark project with, um, you know, writing books together with kids, yeah. what's, what's often happening is, so for, uh, I think I've told you about this, but I'm running a month long sort of workshop, sort of a challenge where we're going to write a book, a very short kid's book in a month. 
a parent and a kid. And it might be an uncle and a a niece or a, a dad and a son or whatever. And what's been happening is speaking of play is that, you know, we got serious uncle or we got, you know, I'm the, I'm the, you know, rule, rule abiding mom. <laughs> and then they got playful kid and the playful kid wants to tell this certain story and mom has to let go a little. And I just had this the other week with one of the moms on my, in my program. And she said, you know, I have to let her tell her story. I'm, I'm being too adult about it. It's supposed I'm to be a kid's story. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the serious adult getting in the way of the play of the kid. And the beauty of it is that guess who wins that battle? The kid. Because it's, I mean, who, who wants to say, no, no, daughter, we must make this serious, professional, and boring, and, you know, <laughs> terrible. Whereas, of course, the, the parent is like, wow, look at that. I get to play a little more because my daughter has this more playful attitude. So she wins. And yeah. we're going to, I need to rise up. I need to elevate. You know, you and I talked a while back and you gave me this word elevate. I think I told you this, but okay. that word has been with me. It's almost like a contender for a book title. But the mom has to elevate her game, her mindset, her thinking to the playfulness of her daughter. And, mm. and that's sort of where I get back to this, um, sort of the enlightened idea of this higher level of thinking where you're not concerned with, you know, silly stuff like professionalism and PhDs <laughs> and all that adult stuff. And mm -hmm. you're telling a story or you're playing a game or it's, it's light. And yeah. there's a beauty in that, that children know better than we do and we can learn from them. Yeah. And, oh, know, it, I love that you're doing that, Bradley. And that yeah. It's that container for that magic to happen. Yeah. And yeah. And, and just helping to create that, to make space for a little bit of humility, I think, because yes. I think as we grow up, we think, oh, we know everything now. And right. um, I, and this is how life should be. And everything yeah. is black and white. And but getting back into that childlike state of mind is to actually to to get away from that yeah. to to say i don't know everything anymore and and to be open to other possibilities and and getting to that space and you're you're really creating that by organizing these workshops so that these adults can can get back to that childlike state of mind by actually working with a child so that's yeah. just so neat, Bradley. well they're they're kind of it's I mean, you've, we've kind of gone around this idea, but they're like allowed to play because, oh, well, I'm doing this book with my daughter. So that's why it's really silly and fun and playful. Yeah. But, oh, if, oh, of course, if I were working on a book on my own, oh, it would be terribly serious and professional and boring as <laughs> this all get out. But you know, what's so cool is that you are, you have this topic that is so you know, forward thinking and positive. I mean, no wonder people are just attracted to you and to the topic and want to talk about it because it's a, it's a wonderful, joyous thing you're doing. And I mean, yeah. you're not, you don't, your podcast is not about like tax law. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to make that playful, but I won't even, right. But <laughs> it might take the magician. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's just such an uplifting topic and that's just oh, oh. it's such a breath of fresh air it's just oh. a lovely thing you're that's doing very kind Bradley yeah. that's very kind I, I think it's at, at least for me a topic I will never get tired of talking about and exploring yeah. and looking at all the different angles and perspectives of so um yeah I'm 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 enjoying it so far and yeah, I hope others will enjoy the journey as well, but it's, it's, it's been a joy. You know, one thing I think listeners can take away is you said something I kind of not shocked me, but it was kind of just eye opening. You said you can choose and you can decide to like have this playful mindset or not about, about a certain event. You know, like you said, dance, I'm going to make this dance. I'm, this is going to be playful. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you're probably chances are you're going to do better. So that's so applicable to so many people in so many situations. For sure. Where they got, oh, I've got this important presentation at work. Oh, it's got to be serious and top of the line and and the greatest of all time. <laughs> and who knows? They might struggle. But if they, yeah. you can you make know, anything playful. You can make anything playful. Yeah. And yeah, um, the guest that I just had on. Um, he is 75 years old and he's uh, a research professor at Boston College. And, you know, I asked him about how do we kind of maintain that playfulness? And yeah, he talked about just, you can, you can make anything playful. Like, you know, there's, if let's say you work on an assembly line, even for your job, how can you make a game out of it? How can you try to beat your, your previous time and pretend you're, you're, in a, an Olympic athlete competing yeah, in this yeah. in this activity, so if you can make even the most mundane of things playful, then wow. you can really do that with anything. And it is just a, a mindset, a practice for sure. Yeah, there are days where yeah. it's not going to feel that way, right? But right. Just it, it, but it is a choice. It is a choice. Wow, wow. That's uh, it's just a uh, it's it's one of those it sounds so easy and like the secret is well it kind of is <laughs> yeah <laughs> we just make it hard we do it seem like unattainable like oh yeah that playful person oh I wish I could be like that yeah and, I, and, I, and yeah there is a lot of pressure in our culture and our society yeah. to become serious and and for play to go away so I I, I think it is a it is challenging. I'm not going to say that it is easy, right. but it is, um, but because it, it is hard. And so you really do have to carve that time for yourself. And that's, that can be the most radical thing you can do is to make a stand for yourself and say, you know, I am going to choose this because no one else is going to choose it for me. Yeah. And if I'm not going to wait for my external circumstances to change, whether that is, you know, your job or someone getting on your nerves what can I do to change myself on the inside and that that is always up to you and that that is it's going to be a practice but yeah it's it can be up to you yeah yeah that's good it can be up to you mm-hmm. it's your choice wow hey where can people find you where can people find your podcast is it just sort of everywhere pod everywhere podcasts are sold yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, called The Recessed Life. It's on all the podcast platforms. I also do have the the video interviews on YouTube as well. So you can search for oh, YouTube. Neat. Yeah. And um, you can follow along on Instagram at The Recessed Life. I post fun little clips from the interviews and little 
um, tips and fun things I find about play that um, I post on there. So you can find me on any of any of those platforms. Wow. Okay. Oh, great. It's been great talking with you, Louise. This is just, oh, oh. It's, a it's, it's a, it's a walk through the dandelion patch right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Oh, likewise. And yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about what you're doing in this world. And I think you are such an example of being playful in your life and you are, you are creating and cultivating those spaces for that to happen. And I'm, I, so I'm just so, I, I think that's why we, we yeah. can have connected so well. We so met too. what, like five years? I don't know. I know. I don't know. A long time. Right. And we met at a meetup where yeah. I, I've met thousands of people at meetups right. and I don't stay that's in touch right. with with everybody. Right. So there's something about this, about your spirit. I know that I've, I've, just gravitated towards. So I'm so glad we crossed paths yeah, and stayed in me touch. Too. Me too. <laughs> Great. Okay, Louise. Bradley. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bradley. Okay. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, talk everybody. Soon. Go play. <laughs>Hey there, just a reminder to go to louise.repossible.com to get her download with seven easy ways to add more play into your life. And check out her podcast, The Recess Life. She's on there and she interviews lots of people talking about play, gets all kinds of perspectives, you know, broader and bigger and deeper and different. And it's, it's fascinating the people who get into play. And if you think about it, it's such a positive topic. And she's interviewing people talking about play. I mean, we're not talking about like tax law. Sorry, I always use tax law example. All right, that's it. Louise.repossible.com. Check it out. Go get her download and I'll see you next week.